I'm closing everything down. I have a goal tonight. I'm not going to surf the internet during the episode. Howdy! This is Wednesday, July 5th, 2017, and this is episode 50 of Do For A Win, the Atlantic City and Casino Biz podcast. I'm Kyle Askin, joined, as always, by Craig Stone. Man, we've reached 50. It is crazy. I can't believe it. 50 times. I mean, really, this is 51, because we had to do an episode twice. We, we did have to do an episode twice. Do you know which one that is off the top of your head? I have no clue. I'd guess, like, mid-20s, it early is, 20s, it is somewhere in there. or something. That sounds right. Yeah, that was bad. So for all of the aspiring podcasters out there, it's good to have someone recording on both sides of the conversation. So when your recording software gets horrendously bugged, you don't have to record it over again because that sucks. Yeah. Advice for life. Yeah. Always have a backup. Yes. So, yeah, our first episode was November 22nd, 2015. So uh, we figured that to start this episode off, we'd do a little bit of a a retrospective and talk a bit about the beginnings of the podcast and sort of what's happened since then. So what were you expecting when we started this podcast? Um, Like, what were you looking to do with it? I mean, I think I mostly just wanted to kind of shoot the shit about Atlantic City because we talked about it so much online otherwise but uh it's funny i think i had this vision of you know all the other podcasts that already exist like uh five funny by midnight and all those other vegas gang vegas tripping that all did things that i really liked and sort of us joining that club if you will and and in effect like that club has dissolved (laughs) So, (laughs) so it's kind of funny um I mean, and obviously we're on, we're focusing on something that probably is not on those people's radar, but uh, it is kind of funny that it feels like we've come in very late in the movement, if you will. Uh, yeah. It's kind of interesting. We are a bit behind the times, I guess. So so be truthful, Craig. Are you, were you a bit disappointed that we weren't even, uh, you know, never got reached out to by, by any of them, weren't invited to VIMP or, or anything like that? No, I never would have expected that, really, because, uh, you know, we're not Vegas people. We very rarely talk about Vegas. Uh, so I don't know. I mean, I it, that's something that, like, maybe if we got some huge following of, like, crossover people who both go to VIMP and listen to us, like, maybe that would have happened in the long run. But, no, I wouldn't say I'm really disappointed. And we never would have been able to go. In the first right. place. <laughs> I mean, that's the big thing. We definitely would not have been able to go. But uh, so I don't know what what. Uh, I mean, we've talked about the beginnings of the show. Yeah, I don't think we need on to the, go on the podcast. We don't need to hash that out. But but like you said, it was really basically just a way for us to talk about the stuff we were already talking about anyway, and and hopefully to to add some value to people's lives. And and from some of the feedback we've gotten, I I think we've succeeded in that. So. It's been a pretty cool experience. So what 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 for you has been kind of like the most gratifying thing and the, and the most disappointing thing that's that's happened along this path? Uh, I mean, I think gratifying just the number of people that have reached out either Twitter, Facebook, um, email to make it clear that people are actually listening because that's kind of crazy. Like to think back to whatever it was a year and six months or a year and eight months ago back when we were first starting and we first got those couple confirmations of like, oh, somebody's actually listening to this thing. Right. Um, and actually has, you know, comments on it, intelligent comments and questions and stuff like that. Uh, was very gratifying and like, oh, hey, we're not just pushing this thing out there into the ether. Uh, to now where we've got seemingly hundreds of people listening. And, you know, the Facebook group is, I think, over 800 people. I don't know how many of them actually listen, but... It definitely seems like, you know, we've done meetups and gotten, you know, eight, nine, ten people at the meetups and, <laughs> and talked to them and talked to a bunch of people through email, Twitter and Facebook. And it's definitely not just that they are asking us questions that have nothing to do with the show just because we happen to be 
related to Atlantic City. They actually seem to be interested and seem to be listening. So that is very cool. Like that is is definitely the most gratifying thing. Anytime it's like, oh wow, this is these are people who are actually listening. Um, and then also the other side of that being, uh, I, I mean, I feel like we have sort of carved out a little bit of a niche of our own thing where like when we first started, maybe we didn't have our own voice so specifically, whereas now it feels like we've built something that's sort of consistent in the way that we, we do it. And I think we have sort of a, I don't know, a vibe, I guess, in our podcast. Uh, and also just the fact that, you know, it seems like at least some people in in the media don't just totally scoff at us. <laughs> you know, like, like Route 40, we've, we've met with Bill and Eleanor from Route 40. Uh, we've talked to Nicholas Huba from the Press of AC on, on Twitter. Uh, you know, back Christian Hetrick used to interact with us regularly. Amy S. Rosenberg, like all those people sort of not just scoffing at us about our lack of sources and that kind of stuff, but actually seemingly, you know, treating us as people who are in the media landscape, which maybe we don't necessarily deserve, but that is very gratifying to me, I think. I don't know. What do you think? I I, I haven't gotten to disappointing, but what do you think about gratifying? Uh, I mean, I think it's it's the same as what you've said. And it's, it's what I just said kind of before this, that it is nice to know that, that we really are adding value to, to people's lives and we're, you know, people are listening to us and I just think that's cool. And that's, that's all I can really ask for. Yeah. I mean, I feel like we'd probably still be doing it even if nobody was listening <laughs> just because right. like, like for me, no, when we I know would. we're recording, it's like, Oh, Hey, I get to talk to Kyle about Atlantic city for an hour. Like that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, but it certainly makes it more fun to know that somebody out there is actually paying attention and, you know, asking us questions or calling us out when we're wrong and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So what about disappointment? Has anything been totally disappointing, you know, besides not getting invited to, to VIMP? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, like you said, that, that that was not a disappointment for me either. I mean, it's to be expected. Um, I don't know. I mean, there hasn't really been that much disappointing. Um, something that's changed, and I, I don't know if there's much we can, we can do about it, is I, I did appreciate back in the old days uh, when the... Facebook group, Facebook group was much, much smaller. Uh, I feel like the conversation was a bit more kind of centered around stuff that I really care about instead of like who's going to Atlantic City or whatever. But I think it's important that, you know, the way I've talked about adding value to people's lives, the way to add value to people's lives the most is just let them talk about whatever they want to on the Facebook group as long as it's related to Atlantic City. And, you know, there's not much I can do about that. But I, I do miss when close to 100% of the threads in the Facebook group were really relevant to me and, and kind of the stuff I liked talking about, kind of the more businessy, strategic things back in the old days. But I don't know what there is to be done about that. Also, uh, I, I do have to say that I was also a bit disappointed that when the press of Atlantic City put out their kind of podcast about Atlantic <laughs> City to listen to, we were not included, even though we've had plenty of interactions with them. So I noticed that. I, I wasn't thrilled, but it is what it is. Yeah, I tried to justify that in my mind by saying it was more for people who live there and were not really local-centric. But uh, you, you were, you were, you, I mean, you were talking to people on Twitter, like, you know, the Nicholas Hubas of the world and stuff at, at that time. And, and did that seem particularly outraged to me? I don't think we've ever talked about this, but I was a bit annoyed by that. Yeah. I mean, it was a little weird. I don't know who put that list together. It's possible that it's to- somebody, somebody we never interacted with at all, but um, I would say entirely likely that it's someone we've never interacted with at all. Uh, and this all sounds very self-important. Like, I just want to sort of put that general uh, statement on all of this is that, you know, I don't think we have any sort of grandiose uh, intentions or, or ideas about ourselves as far as where we fit in the landscape. This is just sort of more like where we would have loved to have been or whatever. Um, I mean, so so with that caveat, <laughs> what I'm about to say is going to sound even more <laughs> self-important. But This will be good. I, I'm really surprised. Uh, surprise isn't the right word. I'm really sort of... There's no way to put this isn't isn't going to make me sound like an asshole. Like I think it's weird that that we haven't had any sort of industry recognition at all from 
Atlantic City casino operators. Do you, do you think so? So what this is when I was just chatting with Eleanor a bit well, last time I was in Atlantic City, I'd mentioned that. But for me, it makes perfect sense because here's the thing, right? Like who's an independent casino operator? Like, you know, the the podcasts that focus on Las Vegas do have these connections, but it's all right. with independent casinos. It's all with people like Derek or or. You know, Derek, uh, Vegas fanboy from, from the uh, game. like Ellis Island, right? I mean, it's like uh, these small yeah, Ellis casinos. Island Plaza. That's yeah. not a thing in Atlantic City, really. I mean, and do you think CET is going to reach out to us? No, no, and or, and so so that's that's a good point. And so I won't say I'm 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 not surprised by it, but I do think like these people, these companies like C- Caesars and and MGM have Atlantic City people. And are obviously doing tons of marketing and, and press releases to Press of Atlantic City and Philly Inquirer and all that. And the fact that we haven't even like landed on any of those lists, I think, is a little surprising just because, you know, there are only a couple of us doing this type of thing um, as independent outlets. I think Mel Taylor at AC Primetime is probably the only other one. So um, it's a little surprising to me that, that we haven't got on the radar, um, but... I, well, I won't say surprising. It's a little disappointing, and and to make and where I'll really sound like an asshole is that I'll say, I think that if if these people who were doing sort of the Atlantic City marketing for Caesars and MGM and resorts and all those other companies <laughs> were really on the, on the ball, <laughs> we would be. And that, well, I mean, I know that sounds terrible, but it's not surprising at all because, like, having managed mailing lists, like, it's so much easier to just go with what you know. Like, like you know the mainstream media, you have the lists of names to check off, and, like, Christian Hedrick leaves and he gets replaced by somebody else. And so you replace that name with a new name. It's it's much harder to say, to, like, actively go out and find out who, especially an independent media, um, and, and probably barely media at that... <laughs> is doing it but um i it's interesting that we like never even sort of clicked on anybody's radar well so i i think that you've brought that up i mean there's something else that we kind of have to talk about that that wasn't on our agenda but it's i'd say by far like the people who reach out to us privately and, and this is just listeners you know like the number one question they have is like how can we support you or why don't you guys have a patreon or a paypal right. account or or whatever. And since you were talking about, obviously the marketing department of casinos reaching out and you're surprised they haven't done that yet. Um, I mean, do we, do we want to talk a bit about how, how people can support us or, or kind of like what our goals are in terms of, of that with the podcast? Sure. Uh, just one thing I should probably mention to make it like clear that maybe we have gotten on the radar for something is that we did to our email address, get, a an invite to a hard rock cafe not hard rock casino event media only event so somebody got us on the radar i don't know who (laughs) but somebody did add us and what i'm really interested to see is if that will translate and into hard rock casino i doubt it but it would be very cool anyways you were saying no, I, was, I just asked you, like, do you want to talk about, sort of, what, what, what do you say when people say how, if they ask us how they can support us or, or whatever? So, so this... Because it is, it is the thing that comes up the most when we talk to people, right? It is. And this is, this will deflate the balloon if you're thinking that we're just, you know, right, so it, high it, on ourselves. It's, and it's important to talk about, given that you just gave the, the long chat about how you're disappointed that casinos haven't reached out to us for sponsorship opportunities or whatever <laughs> not sponsorship opportunities just like hey we're doing this thing we thought you should know about it anyways uh yeah the big thing is we're not really so big and so popular i mean i think the most generous estimate for our listener base is probably the number of people in the facebook group which is 800 i think that's probably high <laughs> so I, yeah it's 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 hard to know. I mean, just just so people know, we don't have an exact number. We have a feed burner number. Uh, but the issue is anyone who gets the podcast through iTunes, we don't know because right. iTunes doesn't tell us that. We can just guess based on some stuff like where we are in the iTunes listings and stuff. But um, yeah, I, I'd say maybe a little lower than that. Right, so Feedburner thinks we have like two or three iTunes listeners, which I think. Right. My understanding is that. Not accurate. Yeah, my understanding is that iTunes creates its own feed 
based on your feed. So it basically like redirects everything to them. And so you don't get the data on it. And I think that's part of Apple's strategy, but it means that we can't really get that data. I think if we were tracking specific file downloads, we'd have a better idea, but we don't do that. Uh, so with that in mind, you know, under not even a thousand people, almost certainly not a thousand people, you know, to, to change it to where we're trying to get advertising and we're trying to get, point people to some sort of Patreon and, and ask people for money, I think it sort of changes our our incentives a little bit in a way that I'm, I don't, you know, maybe it wouldn't in the long run, but it's something that I'm a little leery of. And I think you've said you are as well. Uh, right. And and for the amount of money that it would be, you know, if it's fifty or a hundred or a couple hundred dollars a month, which is probably a really high estimate, like even that amount of money is not really a big difference maker, right? Like maybe it'd be nice to have. It would cover things like hosting and like maybe my time for editing and that kind of stuff. But the value I place on sort of not feeling like it has to be out at X time or, you know, if we miss a week, which is incredibly rare, like I don't feel too bad about it. Uh, I sort of never feel like I have to filter the crazy shit that I say based on (laughs) (laughs) someone who is talking to us or advertising with us or has given us, you know, 20 bucks through PayPal or whatever. Like there's value in that, that I'm, I think it would take a whole heck of a lot of subscribers or Patreon people, uh, to make that worth it. So that's where we're at as far as the monetization thing. I, I don't know if you have a stronger, um, or at least more concise and cleaner version of that that I'm missing here. No, I mean, I, I suspect I feel probably even more strongly than you do about this, about how it, it would change everything if, if that's the direction we wanted to go. Um, and, and I do really, I mean, you said you're not sure if it would change what we're doing or not. I, I think it would, because right now, I mean, I think we get to try and make the podcast that we really want to make, Right. And yeah. the second there's a Patreon, like we have to make the podcast that we think will do the best, like in the market. And I think it's a pretty big difference. And, you know, you can look at it like several different ways. You can say maybe if we do that, that brings more value to more people. But I mean, that's not why this podcast was started. That's not why I'm interested in doing this kind of stuff. And, you know, like you said, it's it's not that, you know, I'm against ever even thinking about it, but you know, I'm not interested in having a PayPal link or, or, or a Patreon or whatever now. And like maybe one day if we ever have like a AC imp, you know, I, I think we'd be, you know, or at least I would very strongly want to be very upfront about how, um, we would be compensated for that. I, I don't know. I mean, I think it's just, I feel very strongly about not monetizing right now or anytime soon, honestly, even if we had double or triple the subscribers, I wouldn't be interested in doing it. So just to play devil's advocate a little on the Patreon thing, um, you could certainly argue like we've done 50 of these things. Mm -hmm. People know what they're going to get. They're paying for like a thank you. Right. Mm -hmm. But you can't, there's a psychological thing there that it would sort of make you feel like, Oh, Hey, like we really, need to make sure we get this thing out every two weeks or like the schedule needs to be more, more solid. Right. Uh, no, or, or we need to try to, you know, interview more people maybe who are a bit bigger in the industry or like, you know, this, I mean, it, 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 it really does. If we, if we monetize, it would change kind of our editorial decisions, I guess. Yeah. And I mean, we kind of put as much effort into any given episode as, as we feel necessary and, as time dictates, but I will say it's kind well, of something that I'm, I'm a bit proud of. And this has more, a lot more to do with you than, than me is, you know, I listen to a lot of podcasts. I have a reasonably long commute and I do have to say that our, like one of the things that really irks me about other podcasts is like some of them just have God awful sound quality. And I think we do a pretty good job with that. So thank you very much, Craig. Sure. I try. I mean, um, there have been some spotty ones here and there. <laughs> right. 
so so anyway to, to kind of come come all the way back around and, and answer the question like how, how can you if you're a listener and are interested in supporting us how can you do that um just uh, for me the big thing is if if you have friends that you think would like the podcast you know send us over to them and and give us a recommendation or or write a review on on itunes uh, stuff like that i mean it, it matters a lot more to me than 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 getting your money and because i'm honestly not interested in that right now so yeah i mean uh, an, an extra listener like if a friend of yours who listens to the podcast or like an itunes review or whatever just to you know mention on twitter or any of that kind of stuff like that's worth more to us than than 10 bucks <laughs> at right. the end of the day so yeah i, I agree with that completely um, cool so uh, should we move on to other questions we have some more here. <laughs> I, I, don't know if we've already I think we should the... move on and I, I do just quickly want to say that that just to make it clear i have absolutely no grudge against any other podcasts who who want to make money and in fact i, I fully support it and i understand that you know making a little bit of extra cash is, is certainly a good thing, but it's just something that I'm not interested in doing with this podcast right now. So I just want to make that clear. So, so do you want to talk some about like the city development and stuff or do you? Yeah. So I, I think it's good to kind of look over over the last year and eight months or whatever, what, what's happened in the city, uh, like some of the major stuff, uh, like, and, and our general feelings on like kind of how things are different since then and and what's gotten better what's gotten worse etc so um i don't know so what what are kind of like just just like one or two like kind of big things that have happened in the city for you as far as just the most shocking thing about the content of of the podcast is i think when we started this we really thought we were going to do vegas gang for atlantic city like we thought it was going to be deep dive into the business side of the casino market you know what is caesar's doing right now with bally's and like what is the what does a room renovation look like at tropicana and that kind of stuff and then we started the podcast in 2015 uh 2014 was when a bunch of casinos closed so we kind of missed that wave which would have been a sucky way to start but then you know we started and it was a bunch of state legislative crap, right? <laughs> like it was state takeover, potential bankruptcy, all this like crazy legislative news. You know, will they open up legislation to allow more casinos and that kind of stuff? And just, you know, seemingly these constant failings and Borgata's owed a bunch of money and everybody's owed a bunch of money from the city. And uh, so it, w- it was interesting that it went so news heavy. And I think we've pulled back from that partly because the news has dictated that we pull back from that, thankfully. Uh, like, it's become less of an important <laughs> part of what's going on. I mean, it's obviously still an important part of what's going on in Lake City, but there's more stuff to talk about. Uh, so that's been sort of a crazy ride. Like, I never would have thought that, that we would be almost like a, a government news podcast. But I felt like we were for maybe the first 10 episodes at least. Um, but as far as, like, I don't know that I can point out a single big development. I think obviously the sort of ongoing Taj saga where it closed and now it's being bought by hard rock is as big, I think as big as anything that we've talked about. Uh, but just these sort of incremental changes and really following it uh, sort of day to day and seeing things like new stuff opening at Tropicana, trying to sort of push away maybe from totally gambling to whatever they're attempting to do at Showboat that seemingly is is falling apart, (laughs) which we'll talk about more. Uh, Harris, the changes in restaurants, all that stuff, like the little changes that maybe you don't even notice if you just go to the casino and and play and leave. That's been interesting to follow. So it and to me, it's been, for the most part, an improvement, right? Like, there's been new restaurants that are good. Like, you talked about Olan and Okache, uh, I think, last episode on the Trip Report. Um, beer Garden, Pool, new restaurants at Borg. Like, there's, you know, it seems like they're moving forward. It's not generally sort of like the crapification of Atlantic City and we're beyond closings. So I think that's been interesting to follow. I don't know that I could say there's one giant thing besides the whole hard rock thing. And then obviously following this rebel mess that (laughs) has sort of been the main focuses of our, of our podcast. But I don't know. Do you have another opinion on that? 
Um, no, I mean, I, I think just kind of the, the big thing for me that's changed over the, the time we've been doing the podcast is just the sort of abstract feeling that I have about Atlantic City, or, or I think, honestly, that a lot of people have that, I mean, stuff was like so, so negative when the podcast first started. I mean, like like we said, it was just a year after the four casino closings in 2014 and, and stuff just looked like it was never going to get better. But uh, I think in a lot of people's opinions, things are kind of turning around in Atlantic City. I, I think right now the outlook is a bit hopeful for a lot of people. And that is definitely something that it, it really wasn't back in 2015. Um, so, so yeah, that's kind of like my main kind of overarching thoughts on, on what's different in Atlantic city. Yeah. And that was really, I mean, that's really within the last dozen episodes or so. I mean, I think hard rock announced their, their purchase of Taj in episode 30, like in episode 38, as if they came on the show and, (laughs) and announced it, uh, like between episodes 37 and 38 for us. So, you know, we're talking 12, 13 episodes and, and for the start, it was really, you know, we were following, why can't Revel open? Why does Showboat open and suck? Why does the playground not, not doing anything? Like all these failures seemed so important and it's, and there were inklings that it was getting better, like that there was movement towards improvement before Hard Rock. So I won't give Hard Rock all the credit because things like Little Water, Little Water Distillery, that, that was announced before Hard Rock announced, like that was sort of a signal of like, hey, this is cool stuff coming in. But the hard rock thing seemingly like overnight was this gigantic shift in attitude toward, wow, like somebody really wants to invest in this town that's not Bart Blatstein or Glenn Straub, (laughs) who is really going to pump a bunch of money into this thing and make it really good, you know, that has a national reputation. There's no question about, oh, can they actually run a casino? Can they even get a casino license. And it's been this huge change. And and the biggest thing I can say about that is, you know, AC Fan Expo, which we can talk a little bit more about later, opened and closed. And, and three or four months ago or six months ago, that would have been this big devastating thing as far as just like, oh, here we go again. And similarly, like the Boardwalk Con, you know, obviously in the same genre, has seemingly disappeared. Like it didn't it's not going to do its its summer date it seems unlikely that it's ever going to come back like that again would have been like oh here we go again another big sign of of you know ac can't bring in non-gaming attractions but you know with hard rock here with ac uh i mean with little water distillery with the brewing company dewalt brewing company coming in all these things kind of move tilt the meter to to positive and so you can kind of overlook some of the negatives as like okay, you know, you're trying some stuff, not everything's going to work. So, like, not as much weight is on every little effort, which is really nice because there's this giant thing coming down the pipe. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's, I mean, I think you think about this a bit more, I guess with a bit more details than I do, but just, just you know, for me, it's, it's more like the overall feeling is is pretty positive. And it's not about Hard Rock specifically or or this or that, you know, exact thing. It's just between everything, I mean, you know, hard rock, um, you know, taxes have actually gone down for the first time in a million years in Atlantic city. Just, there seems to be just more and more developers coming in. You know, what started is just a trickle of Bart Blatstrain and Glenn Straub has kind of opened up, uh, quite a bit more. And, and it's just this, this feeling I have where at the beginning of the podcast, I was cautiously optimistic and now I'm just optimistic. Yeah. And I think, I mean, we've talked a lot about how I've been sort of pessimistic, <laughs> but, mm-hmm. you know, I have a really, I feel very good about the future of Atlantic City. There are certainly specific projects that I don't feel great about, but um, I think part of being pessimistic is, like I said, you sort of put a lot of weight on things that maybe don't deserve it. <laughs> and when they fail, you think it's this broader uh, implication about the sort of doom and gloom and... uh it's easier to overlook that stuff now. So, so right. what a- I, I mean, I think, and, and just to kind of follow on to that a bit, like I, I feel like I'm optimistic, not because of all the news that's come out, but almost sort of in spite of it, given that, you know, 
like honestly, Revel's been a disaster our entire series. You know, it's been closed the entire time. Showboat's been a total disaster. Um, you know, there's so many small things that have kind of come in and, and been like, hey, we're going to open this cool thing. And then that's the last you ever hear of it. Or the next <laughs> time you hear of it, yep. they've decided they're not going to do it. So so my optimism isn't isn't kind of because of the news that's happened. It's it's in spite of it. But I don't know. I mean, maybe I'm just a dreamer and, and not realistic, but I don't think so. I think I think things are turning around. So what about has anything really shocked you in terms of development? Like what? what happened or failed to happen that you were just like, Oh my goodness, I didn't think that would ever happen. Well, as certainly we've said over and over again, I I think to me right now, the biggest surprise, uh, a year and eight months into this whole, uh, into this podcast, I never would have guessed at episode 50 that the rebel would not be open. So it's unreal. It's, that's definitely the biggest kind of surprise or disappointment to me. Um, I do think it'll be open in the next 50, hopefully, but who knows? I've, I've thought it will, would open up before in the past, and I've been wrong every time. So, Yeah, it's hard to argue with that. I'm trying to think of some <laughs> something just to be uh, contrarian about a bigger surprise, but I mean, it, there were points where it seemed like it was imminent that it would open. Right, it was going to be in like a week, happened. and it, just, yeah. it hasn't happened yet. Yeah, um, And honestly, I mean, there's not even you know, any specific date in the future where it seems like it's going to open by, it's just this thing that it has to open at some point. Right. right. Yeah. I mean, my, my guess at this point is that Straub will sell at some point and someone else will open it up, but who, who knows? I mean, I have no idea. So. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm certainly past thinking that he's ever going to be the one to open it. But, uh, I mean, what sort of related, one of the things that I found very surprising in more general terms, and maybe this is just because I've, I'm not, in the media uh, is how many times people take a bunch of reporters on a tour of something. And this happened with Glenn Straub right before Revel was supposed to open. I don't want to say the first time, but maybe like the second time, one of the many dates that he set that he said he was going to let people in and actually let people stay in rooms. Uh, We saw it with the former Atlantic club, um, supposedly getting a water park. Like the amount of times that they take, media people on a tour and say, this is a done deal. Like, this is what all this is going to be. We're going to totally renovate this. We've got millions of dollars to do this. And then it just falls apart or it never happens. Or, you know, the date passes and it's just nothing. Uh, and there are even, there are even things now, like, like looking at the future calendar of, of planned development, like there are dates that are mentioned for opening dates where we never heard anything about it after the announcement. And then the date has come and gone and they haven't opened like bungalow beer garden was, they mentioned that they were hoping to open July 4th and route 40. I, tw- I tweeted just asking like, what's the update about that today? And route 40 said on Twitter, Oh, we were just over there yesterday and or Monday and it looks exactly the same. Like they're not even starting construction. Like they had knocked some stuff down, but they haven't actually started any actual construction. So that's something that like, okay, what happened with that? And so, like DeWalt Brewing Company, which I mentioned, they were saying they're hoping to open in July, which is this month. And there has been no news since that announcement. And their website still says they're based in wherever Pennsylvania. And so it's kind of weird. And like Steel Pier, their observation wheel was supposed to open in July. Now, if you go to their website, it says mid-August. There hasn't really been much reporting on that. So, like, all that stuff keeps – it's like, you know, a date happens and you search for it. Like, hey, this was supposed to happen and the latest news about it is from months and months and months ago when they first announced the date. And I guess that's just sort of a testament to the fact that, you know, other people don't create a calendar with supposed opening dates and then check back <laughs> to find those dates. <laughs> um so, uh, and you know, things open when they open, but if you really follow this stuff, it's kind of like, it's kind of weird in that way. Like that's been surprising how many times that that has happened. And, and I'm not the only person who's, who's noticed this because clearly hard rock, you know, the execs at hard rock mentioned in their press conference, like, we don't want to do that. We are not going to come up and announce something. And then it's the last you hear of it. So, uh, that was refreshing. We'll, we'll we'll see what you're saying in in like March of 2018. <laughs> it's like, yeah, weren't those guys supposed to open? <laughs> yeah, now that they said now that they said supposedly uh, Memorial Day 2018. Yeah, we'll see what yeah. I'm saying then. Uh, 
Anything else on uh, episode uh, 50 I, general stuff, or should we... I, I think we're good. I, I just kind of one more thing to, to circle back around on the the earlier conversation about supporting us. I, I actually think the the if you really want to support us, one of the best things you can do is, is give us an email or, or shoot us a tweet about something you'd like to see or some sort of constructive criticism, something we can do better. I'd love to hear it. I can't promise I'll agree with you and, and change anything, but I always like to hear ideas. And and I'd really love to to hear what what people have to say about about what they would like to hear more of or less of on, on the show. So if yeah. you have any suggestions for us, just just let us know. I, I mean, I, I think that would be incredibly valuable just to kind of hear what what people have to say. Yeah, let's let's move on. This has been a very, very long segment, so uh, it's kind of what I expected. So let's let's jump into some quick follow up on the last two episodes. Um so I, I know I said in the last episode that there'd been some negative feedback about us not having the trip report right after the trip, but there actually was no negative feedback. <laughs> we, I, I ended up saying that cause I guessed that there would be because we actually recorded both in the same night just because our schedules were both a mess at the beginning of, or end of June, early July. So uh, if you noticed, I also in the last episode did not have the date that we recorded it at the beginning of the episode, which I believe was the first time ever or at least it's a very early episode that we didn't do that because it was recorded the same night as episode 48 and just we knew the trip report would keep longer than the uh news episode that was also a listener suggestion by the way putting the date in there was it yeah email maybe (laughs) i thought that was my suggestion but it, it could be i also listened to all the episodes so i am a listener that's a good point. So anyway, that's why we ended up doing it that way, just because I was on vacation last week and Craig was on vacation at over last weekend and the beginning of this week. And, you know, I feel like it's something we wanted to keep the episodes coming. I don't feel entirely comfortable telling the Internet that I'm going to be on vacation. Just, I don't know, one of those things, I guess. And so that was the decision we made. Um. So another piece of follow-up is is you actually asked me at the end of episode 48 what my least favorite AC Casino to Gamble in was, and I didn't really answer you at the time. And I've given a bit of an answer on the Facebook group, but before I answer, since I already did on the Facebook group, what 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 is the answer for you? Well, I said Bally's uh-huh. in the episode. I said that's the place I least want to gamble in. It's probably Harris now, just because I'm still annoyed at them. <laughs> if you listen <laughs> well, to do episode you wanna, 49. Why, why, don't, why don't you follow up on that, and then I'll I'll answer the question. Sure. So, uh, Harris, if you listened to the last episode, I had my whole situation where I lost a bet, uh, except the dealer said I pushed, uh, didn't think anything of it. And then the eye in the sky called down and told the pit to collect my $25 15 minutes later. And I was super annoyed and took my money, didn't bet anymore and left the casino. Uh, so I got the survey from Harris saying like, how was your late, how was your recent trip to Harris, uh, resort Atlantic city? And so I just explained the whole situation in the email, basically just said like, Hey, this is what happened. I'm annoyed about it. Uh, I just find it annoying that this is the policy (laughs) basically. And so somebody called me up to say actually that they are required to do this. They're required to correct the mistake if surveillance catches it. Uh, so, he did say it goes either way. So if they catch it in your favor, they're also required to correct it. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel dumb after the fact because I didn't, you know, if I if I had known that he was going to call, I would have had a bunch of questions written down, but I didn't. So I just kind of like botched this stupid call. Uh, he So I, he was very polite about it. He said he wanted to call because I misconstrued the situation, which like, whatever. I don't think I really misconstrued the situation. Uh, I think they did not present the situation in... Uh, as clear terms as they could have. But I wish I had asked if required meant required by law or required by Caesar's uh, entertainment policy, because those are two very different things that you could both use the term required for. (laughs) Especially given what happened with Borgata and Phil Ivey and all that stuff, I would almost certainly guarantee that it's a a DGE thing. It's a New Jersey Department of Gaming thing. Um, But I also wanted to ask and, and completely failed to ask uh, what would have happened if I had just left and they realized it, but I was gone? Like, is that just the end of 
of the conversation, in which case, like, what does required really mean at that point? Because if it expires as soon as the person's out of the casino, uh, that's weird. But if it doesn't, and I could come back to Harris two months from now, and they'd say I owe $25, like, that's even extra weird. So I don't know, like, it was an okay call. Like, I guess I sort of understood their point a little bit, but like, I didn't end up feeling all that great about it. Uh, like I could have totally done without the call. I basically feel the same. Like, I don't like it. I don't, I'm not like so mad about it that I feel the need to like tell everybody to boycott. Um, but the one thing he did say is that if he was the person running the pit, he would have offered me some sort of comp food voucher or direct bet at the time of the correction, just to say like, Hey, we know this sucks. Let's make it right. And I told him at the time, like, that is, that would have made all the difference in the world. Like, I just want the sort of transparency of like, Hey, we're sorry about this. We don't like it. We have to do it. Here's some compensation. They don't even have to compensate. If they had just said like, we are required by law. Like they just happened to catch this. Even that I would have been like, okay, like I wouldn't have liked it but I at least would have understood. Whereas it was totally just presented to me as like, Hey, you owe $25. Like you actually lost that hand. Give me 25 bucks. So that's pretty much that. Uh, do you, still, do you so, want me to burst your bubble a little bit? Yeah, go for it. I mean, he could have given you a comp food voucher then, right? I mean, he could have just given you reward credits on the phone. You mean? Yeah. So he did say like, so, okay. I'll say this. I got the feeling very much that he did not want to do that. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> but, but he did say, like, oh, here's my name. If you're, at, like, next time you're at Harris, look me up and I'll give you some kind of food voucher or reward credits or something. Which, like, the lack of specifics and the fact that he didn't yeah, give me a phone number or anything, like, he did not want to give me anything. I mean, like, let's I'm, just make presumably that really this guy is, you know, there to try to make you feel better and assuming CET is like a decent company that doesn't micromanage all their employees, like surely he could have given you 2,500 or credits and then you would felt much better about everything. Right. I mean, I wouldn't have really felt that much better about any, everything because like, it's just an annoying thing that happened and I wish that they would have handled it better in the first place. So like 2,500 well, or credits doesn't make them handle it better in the first place. So that's that still annoyed, still annoyed at Harris. Sorry, Harris. So what about you? you? What's your, what's your you least sorry? favorite place to gamble? Oh, so I don't know, it's kind of hard to say. I, I think AC, like for me, there's lots of casinos in Vegas, like both nice and divey that like I'm not interested in gambling at all. But whatever casino I'm in in AC, I'm not ever going to be upset that I'm there. Right. And I don't know if do you feel that way as well, except with Harrow's now, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I'd prefer not to be gambling at Harrow's, but even Bally's like I don't particularly like Bally's, but I'm not upset that I'm there. Right? Like, if I was gambling in Vegas at Wynn, for example, which is probably the nicest casino in Vegas, I'd be like, this is stupid. Why am I here? This is a waste <laughs> of my time. Like, you could be six Harris. to five blackjack and double odds craps. Like, this is awful. Right. Yeah, or, or New York, New York. Or, like, some random station casino or something that's just, like, a local joint. Or when we went to Las Vegas Club in Vegas, I'm like, this is the worst thing ever. Why are we here? <laughs> yeah. Get me out of here. Yeah. Uh... So in Vegas, there's certainly plenty of casinos that I'm not interested in gambling in, but in Atlantic City, they're all kind of, it's open season for, for me. I'm, I'm happy with any of them, but I, I think I said in the Facebook group, Harris is actually like surprisingly like kind of generic. It doesn't have a whole lot going for it other than those three video poker machines that we mentioned last episode that I really enjoy. I think the table games are, are definitely nothing special. Um, it doesn't have a whole lot of personality there. Uh, Trop, I've talked a lot about how I do not like playing table games there, and I still feel that way, even though I had a very nice experience kind of as in whole at Tropicana my last trip, other than losing a bunch of money at craps. But just I think the drink service is beyond abysmal for the table games at Trop, and I just don't think it's very nice. And it's always crowded, and there's not enough tables open, and I just don't think it's a really good time. Um but I don't know. I mean, there's not really, like, a specific, like, worst place to be. I mean, I haven't been to Golden Nugget a whole lot. I've enjoyed every time I've been there. But it's the place I've been to by far the least. So clearly I'm not super interested in going there or I'd be there more than I am. But I don't know. It's kind of a hard question for me to answer. But it seems like mostly Harrods or Trop is your, your finalists in the place you well, least like to play. I say that, but I'm 
go there a decent bit, right? right? <laughs> like, isn't the answer really Golden Nugget? Because it is the place I gamble in the least. But I think, yeah, I mean, I think out of the Marina properties, like Borgata's the nicest place to play in AC. And mm-hmm. so if we go to the Marina, it's usually to go out of our way to go to Borgata. And if otherwise you're staying at the Marina at Harris because you're getting a comp room at Harris. Right. And, and I will say, I think I said in the Facebook group, like the good things about Harris are like a, the rooms are very nice, especially if you're in uh, waterfront, which I was our last trip or Bayview. Um, the restaurants are very nice, assuming they're open, which it wasn't when we looked into going to Veracruz. But, you know, the restaurant options are very good. It kind of has a lot of the stuff I like in a casino resort, like, you know, Starbucks and, and various cheap places to eat that are pretty quick as well. I got a slice of pizza there our last trip. Um, so Harris has a lot of, like, kind of non-gaming intangibles going for it. But I do think the gaming is not particularly great there. Yeah, I have a weird feeling with Harris where, like, there have been times where I've been wandering around Harris and been like, this is great. Like, all the non-casino stuff is fantastic and whatever. And then there have been times where I'm like, my room sucks. The gambling sucks. Like, the service is not great. Like, Well, that's your that's your fault for living in, like, Marina or Harbor Tower. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Don't sure. do that. But, that's, a, that's a horrible mistake. But the alternative was to pay for a room, and that sucks. Yeah, that's, that's true. Uh, that's not a thing you do. No. Uh, well, actually, last time I stayed in, I think, Harbor Tower, I did pay, and it was a lot because it was in August, a weekend in August. Uh, so speaking of Harris, should we talk about this update on the celebrity restaurant? I will point out that I had a comp room then, but that's fine. Right. I As I recall, me and Zach both paid you guys. Cause yes, you did. Nice, but... yeah. Very generous of you guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Yeah, it's, it's going to be uh, Gordon Ramsay. It's unfortunately not going to be a Guy Fieri, which... Seems like it's really putting them behind the eight ball, and I, know. I don't know how they're going to get to two Guy Fieri restaurants if they don't. They open have a one. New one they need a second. Yeah. Uh, so this is Daryl McEwen, who was Seven Stars Insider, uh, mentioned to us after, I guess it was episode forty-eight, uh, that he had heard on Philadelphia radio, a Philadelphia radio show in May, that. Gordon Ramsay was working on a second restaurant in Atlantic City, which he presumed to be in Harris. So that's in one of the recent Seven Stars Insider newsletters. So I'll link to that in the show notes. But So not going to be Guy. It seems like it's going to be a Gordon Ramsay uh, restaurant. So that's the update. Uh, certainly more to come, but just a quick sort of updating the record uh one other thing that I should probably update to correct from previous episodes, since I talked about how I feel obligated to be uh, generally correct, is that the Gardner's Basin Crafters Village thing, they are able to stay open this summer. So they struck a deal that they can stay open this summer, and then they'll have to relocate after that. But that's pretty much the entire story. So good for them. I don't think there's anything else to really add. All right. Move on to Barclays and stuff. Ready to actually get to the news portion of this episode now we're in? Let's do it. Hopefully we can fly through it. Oh, we skipped that part. You tried the little water rum. Oh, yeah. So I did try the little water distillery batch 001. Um, I'm not a rum connoisseur, so I'm totally the wrong person to be reviewing it. Uh, I wouldn't say it's like the best rum I've ever had, uh, which I wouldn't really expect from like batch number one of a really small distillery. But I did sort of like appreciate it more as I drank it more. It's kind of a unique taste. It almost has sort of a... So like it's an, alcohol is what you're saying. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, <laughs> it, it isn't is that the, the path of enjoyment of all alcohol? You appreciate it more as you drink more? Well, it does have like a sort of a unique taste, I think, for rum that I think if you're – like I'm not super into specific types of rum. So I mm-hmm. didn't know what to look for other than like I'm used to rum being like Bacardi. That's the default rum. It's very sweet. This is not so sweet and almost has sort of like an oaky flavor to it. But I thought I made I made a mojito with it and a daiquiri. And I thought it actually gave it like a little bit of a unique flavor that was kind of interesting. At first, I was like, ooh, that tastes a little off. But then as I drank it more, I was like, oh, that's actually kind of interesting and good. So it's worth trying. I don't know that I would buy it again, but I'm happy I have bottle a bottle from batch number 00001. And I'll probably buy more other stuff as it comes out. Like I'm excited to see what other aged whiskey they have that comes out. Cool. Uh, you actually going to go on a distillery tour next time you're in AC? 
Probably uh, not. Probably not. I'd like to, but probably not. <laughs> All right, let's let's kind of blow through some news here. Um, so, kind of a big piece to new big piece of news is a. It's not a correction, but it's uh, a supplement to what came out on Route 40 that we talked about in episode 48, where they said they talked to Bart Blassine and he said that nothing is going to be opening on the Garden Pier in July, uh, which is was different than what the sign said, but something actually is going to open on the Garden Pier in July, and it's opening... He's like, just kidding. Yeah, it's opening this upcoming weekend, I believe. Yeah, July 12th, I think, is the first stuff on the calendar. Yeah, so yeah, luck- luckily, it sounds like Bart Bledsoe learned nothing about having zero turnaround time for between announcing something and having it open. Um. It's. It sounds like this is going to be a locals thing. Yep. Uh, it's going to be catering to locals, not tourists, which I think is weird. But what do I know? Um, Seems weird. I'm with you. Right, but it's. I, I. I don't know. Do you want? Do you want to talk about this a bit? To me, it just sounds like he's trying to do the. Uh, the pier again, which playground. The playground, yes. Oh, I think he's trying to do even less. I think it's even more half-assed than that. It's even less than half-assed than that, if that makes sense. I mean, he's... I just... I don't know. I mean, my my feeling is that... Certainly, you know, I... This is something I've talked about before, but I I have a degree in kind of real estate development-y kind of stuff. That was my specialization when I got my MBA. And an important part of investing in real estate is kind of that inherent in it is there's always like this option to use a financial term where you can own this piece of land and, and use it for kind of something that doesn't cost a lot of money to open up or whatever, while you kind of wait for something better to come along that you'll be able to switch to at any time. But to me, it, it seems like Bart Blatstein, that's all he's doing. He's kind of taking these spaces, not doing anything with them, trying to make a tiny bit of money while he figures out what he actually wants to do with the space. Uh, Do you disagree with that? Oh, I agree completely. I don't see how you could look at everything he's done in Atlantic City and think anything other than that. I mean, it just... uh, I've been so... uh, Just to me, it seems like he doesn't know what he's he's doing. Like, he doesn't have any specific plans about what he wants to do. And he's just waiting. Yeah. Um, So this thing... Peer AC. The website is peeratlanticcity.com. Thanks to Adam in the Facebook group for pointing it out. Uh, we can also link to the article from Eleanor Comley on route40.com, rt40.com. Uh, they held a job fair on June 27th for bartenders, servers, barbacks, security, and maintenance positions. They say on their website that looks like it was built by an eighth grader uh, that they will have. <coughs> Food trucks, special events, social affairs, and private parties. They have some live music on the calendar already starting on July 12th. They have weekly specials like Thirsty Thirst Day Thursdays, not Thirsty Thursdays, Thirst Day Thursdays. Uh, I forget <laughs> what else. There's some other stuff. like It's, uh, it's just, I mean, it's, it's, your brain turns off after hearing that. Yeah, so. you just you can't go on anymore after that. <laughs> um, they're partnering with the Atlantic City Surf School um, and SUP AC, S-U-P-A-C, which is a stand-up paddleboarding thing to do, I guess, sort of classes and lessons and stuff. I don't really get specifically how that's related to Garden Pier, but that's how they're partnering it out. Um, but like you said, it seems like it's going to be a local thing, some music, some uh, food trucks, and some alcohol. But to me, again, you know, this thing opens in a week, a week from today. And it seems like there's basically nothing there right now. Like they're maybe started to put up some very basic construction. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think this is another one of those things where he's got the space, he's going to open up something cheap and it does not seem like the long-term solution. So I don't know. It's hard to get excited about the peer AC as it is uh, currently envisioned. I am not excited about it. Yeah. I mean, especially like on the heels of the fan expo closing, it just feels impossible to look at this and, and not just like slap your forehead and think like, what are you doing, man? Like, why are you And that even, you know, like, you know, we were both, maybe not optimistic about the fan expo, but 
thought it would be a cool thing, but Bart Blessing didn't have anything to do with that. He just hired a company to do this thing because he didn't want to make a decision on the space and, you know, just it was an easy way to do it. Like an easy thing to do and hopefully make a little money and maybe it'll work and maybe it won't. And he didn't care either way. Right. But that's what that's that's what this seems like also. I agree. So anyway, let's kind of give a bit of an update on on the Atlantic City Fan Expo. Uh, well, should we talk go about, ahead with this? Or should we talk about want? Bose Sliders Wings and Pizza, which is supposedly opening at the Port of Johnny Rockets at the showboat? No. Okay. Uh, I will say I will say though, if if Bart Blatstein wants me to take back everything negative I've said about him and start giving him some positive press, all he needs to do is reopen the Earl of Sandwich in Showboat, and yeah. <laughs> it'll just the positive press will come rolling in from us. Yeah. Uh, anyways. AC Fan Expo update, more important than, than bows, sliders, blah, blah, blah. So we, we mentioned on the last episode that AC Fan Expo, you know, posted to their Facebook and their Twitter uh, on June 19th, I believe, that they were shutting down and that that was basically the only notice that was given to the fans. I believe that was a Friday, right? So that I believe it was supposed to be open that night, Correct. Uh, I'm not sure about the exact dates for when they first posted it, but sounds right. Uh, June 19th is a Monday, so maybe it was the 16th. So sorry about that. But um, anyway, uh, on Sunday, June 25th, they posted again on Facebook that said, folks, we love Atlantic City. We love the amazing Jersey Shores or all the issues beyond our control. We're on hold as soon as we can let you know what is going on. Uh, We will. We thank you for your support and your belief in the rise of Atlantic City. Uh, so basically, uh, we actually got an anonymous tip a few days ago from someone to our email account, uh, with, uh, some information on a curing. So, which we were able to confirm using the kind of NJ, the New Jersey search, like case search. Uh, so what's happening is it looks like Venturist partners are actually suing, Showboat LLC, Venturers Partners, are the owners of AC Fan Expo. Showboat LLC is presumably Bart Blatstein. Uh, so they they put this lawsuit in on 619, uh, asking for relief from a judge. It looks like the judge gave them partial relief, which you know could mean anything. Someone would have to go down to the courthouse and see if they could pull the documents, which they might not be able to because the case is still open. Uh, it looks like the next hearing is going to be on 714. And Showboat will actually kind of show up to this one, I think, and try to explain to the judge why the judge shouldn't give Venturis whatever that is they're asking for, which we have no idea because, again, we can't easily go to the courthouse and find out. So hopefully uh, on 714, someone will, in the local press will be able to head down there and, and listen in to the hearing and, and kind of find out what's going on. But I think it's pretty interesting that Venturis is suing Showboat. I mean, I don't know exactly what it means. You can you can posit some guesses, Craig. But um, yeah, I don't know. Why don't you go ahead and posit some guesses? So, I mean, I, I think the biggest thing that this makes pretty clear, unless I'm totally misreading it, which I don't, I don't think I am, is that Blatstein or Showboat, you know, Blatstein's organization, Showboat, uh, terminated this agreement like they kicked ac fan expo out it was not ac fan expo saying like we can't make a run at this like it's over they got the boot so so that to me i think that makes it completely clear that that's the case uh obviously they want some sort of relief uh from from showboat uh presumably in terms of money or some sort of injunction to continue operating although would you really want to operate in the condition where you're uh the your landlord basically is wants you out and has already kicked you out. Who knows? Who knows where this is going to go from here? Uh, I will say we'll have to wait and see. <laughs> but uh, interesting to get that tip and also find that information. So, and thanks to you, Kyle, for for going and, and finding the info and figuring out what the heck it meant. <laughs> I had certainly misconstrued <laughs> what the initial uh, what the initial report was. So. I do want to say, I think it's possible you're also misconstruing what this means exactly. I don't think it guarantees that that is what happened, though it is certainly something that could cause them to to sue uh, Showboat LLC. Um, I mean, it's also possible that in the contract there were things that Showboat needed to do or Bart Blatstein needed to do or whatever, whether it be 
advertising or a million other things that, or, you know, open stuff up or, you know, who knows what was written into the contract. And it could be other stuff that Showboat was not doing. And Take down the to, total awards banners. Yeah. Because to make a claim against them, you need to show damages. So in that case, if Showboat just was not doing what they needed to do it it might make sense that acfx just closed down temporarily and 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 be able to add you know whatever time they're closed to the the damages they're seeking so yeah so that's that's definitely true the the i I don't think it means necessarily that they were kicked out yeah i mean i'm i think my assumption about them being kicked out was saying that it was out of their control right but certainly they could claim that the lack of any anything that Bart Splatstein or Showboat was Says, supposed to do that they didn't do would also be out of their control. So, right. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Let's hopefully we find out. I mean, I think so, I think I, I, I said a couple episodes ago, we'll probably never find out because they have no incentive to let us know. Now I think there's a very good chance that we find out because it's all well, going to go in court. <laughs> I mean, it's going to be in court. Courts are public here. So, you know, hopefully we'll find out on 714 what, what exactly is going on or or before that, which, like I said, I, I don't know exactly if, if the documents are available now, if you go to the courthouse or not. But but it's possible that you can kind of find out more about it before then. Yeah. And I think we're the first to report this. So big scoop from yes. for a win. It's, it's our first scoop in our 50th episode, right? Yeah. It took 50 episodes, but we got there. Congratulations. Yeah. So do you want me to go right. on Traps Resort Fee? Tire. That's all you need to know. Yeah, you can do it. <laughs> uh, so, Trops Resort fee has been fifteen dollars. It's one of the cheapest. I think it was actually equal to Gold Nugget for the cheapest in the city uh, among casino resorts, at least. And it has gone up. We we found out. So, the resort fee itself has technically not gone up. So they will still claim that it's fifteen dollars. The problem is they're no longer including the state tax, which I think is like 13.875%, or the $5 occupancies, occupancy fee. So it should be $22.08 instead of $15. There are a couple reports in the Everything AC Casinos Facebook group that it's actually $22.50, which I guess is just some kind of rounding bullshit. Uh, I can't confirm that without actually booking a room, so I'm not sure. This went into effect, I think, on July 1st. So it was actually after Kyle, you stayed in in the Tropicana. So we can't confirm based on your credit card charges or anything. <laughs> I, I also charge some food to the room. So ah, well, I, again, trying to do things that that Eric would approve of, or sure. or the people who know more and approve from. I'm I'm trying to start charging food to the room instead of just paying for it, which is what I would traditionally do. So well, so we won't know if you got charged twenty two dollars and eight cents, twenty two dollars <laughs> and fifty cents, or fifteen dollars. I I will not know. No, uh, but. What you need to know is the resort fee per night is somewhere in the range of $7 to $7.50 more expensive at the Tropicana. Uh, so it's no longer one of the cheapest. Golden Nugget, now the cheapest at $15. The crazy thing is Borgata is the second cheapest at $20. Uh, For now. Which, yeah, <laughs> to, yeah. It's not going to count gonna down the days because it is not going to be long before that, that goes up. Uh, we've updated our list of resort fees. I will link to that in the show notes. Um, it's also, if you go to our website, doforwin.com, it's under the resources tab on the main menu. So you can see the resort fees list. It's always one of the most popular things that we have. Uh, anything to add about TROP raising the resort fee? Nope. So I just kind of quickly, our last piece of news, unless you have something further to say. Nope. Is that the... Taj is having a liquidation sale starting tomorrow, July 6th, which will be in the past by the time you hear this, um, or at the very least a couple hours prior to you hearing this, depending on how quickly this goes out. Um, we have a couple articles, including one linking to the contents of the sale, which I know some people in the Facebook group were very disappointed that it was only uh, like the hotel stuff and not any casino memorabilia yeah but uh i believe that chris uh not christian Etrick, nicholas yuba mentioned that that is actually a law that you're not allowed to sell casino stuff yeah i'm um, not sure like there was a hint i think in his initial in actually it's, i think it's john derosier i hope i'm saying that right uh who wrote the article and i think hinted that there would be some like gambling tables and stuff, but uh, certainly in the lists 
that we will link to that lists the the contents. No gambling stuff listed. It's all, you know, curtains and linens and beds and furniture and TVs and carpeting and crazy chandeliers and shit like that. Uh, so, so what do you think? Do you want a giant Taj chandelier for your kitchen or a big white elephant for your yard or perhaps to completely redo your entire carpeting with casino carpeting? Casino carpeting is pretty nice. It's pretty no. sweet. Oh, yeah, come on. I'm do not it. Really I know Just that your office people, where you record the podcast. Uh, it could be nice. I, I do know that a bunch of people in the Facebook group were going and seem pretty excited about it, but this isn't something for me. I'm not. Yeah, oh. this, it's not up my alley. I mean, I want to see it. I'm sad I'm not going to see it. I want to buy random garbage from it. My wife would kill me because she's very much about, you don't need the shit. Why are you buying it? Taking up a bunch of space. Our apartment's not that big. Uh, and also, I have no real emotional attachment to the Taj Mahal. If it was the Atlantic Club, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I'd be all in on that. That uh, That is true. If it was the Atlantic Club, it would be different. Get some nice nineteen eighty furnishings. Yeah, <laughs> I need some marble. It's a lot, a lot of marble in that. Place. Marble sconces. Just redo my entire apartment in marble, in white marble. Be awesome. Or, nice. or, my kitchen is now the Dizzy Dolphin. <laughs> Even better. Like oh, that, yes. the big like sail sailboat oh, yeah. thingy up there. Uh-huh. Oh, that'd be sweet. That'd be incredible. Anyways, that's enough daydreaming for now. Um, we'll link to the places that you can read more about this. I think it's probably time to wrap up cause we are deep. Yes. Uh, it, like we said, um, I just do want to thank you guys so much for, for listening to us. Um, it's, it's really a treat to, to do this for, well, partially for ourselves, but partially for you all. And, uh, it does mean a lot to me that we have so many listeners and, and y'all are so engaged and, and, you know, meet up with us on our trips or, or chat in our Facebook group or whatever. Um, it's, it's definitely super cool. But anyway, uh, if you want to join our Facebook group, uh, which was previously mentioned, it's facebook.com slash group slash do for a win. Uh, you can find our website with some of our content on do for a win.com. You can find our podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Google play, TuneIn radio, YouTube, uh, you can reach out to us on Twitter at do for win or send questions to do for win at gmail.com. Any last words, Craig? Thanks for sticking with us for 50 of these things. I know. And, uh, I guess that, that means we've done it. Uh, we did our 50 episodes and, and now the show's over, right? No, that's not how this works at all. Oh, I, I thought that this was, I thought we just had to do 50. Well, we, we apparently are never going to Atlantic city again. We, so. We've, we've unlocked the achievement. So what else is there to do? Yeah. That's a good point. All right. So we'll have to wait and see. You'll probably hear from us in two weeks, but you'll have to wait and find out. You'll hear from us in two weeks. Because I I could just imagine myself having some brain fart and forgetting, like, you know, some Mm. giant thing that opened in the time. Mm-hmm. Not that anything giant is really opened. The showboat, man. Come on. That's a good point.